0: Oh uh-huh.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is 1pm after a race day Sunday So that means it is a breakdown from the F-World here on Civil Radio, 101.7 FM In Abbotsford, 92.3 FM in Chilliwack, in the Fraser Valley, and CIVL.ca worldwide It is me, Taryn Midzane Joining with me today is Cam the Man hey. Filling in for Mary Ange, And on the phone, waiting for his turn, is Gary Kwan from Speed Fanatics Gary, thank you for joining us again you're very welcome. There we go. So Hi everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so we're going to have a right off the bat, let's just let's just d- dig right into the elephant in the room. Um post US Grand Prix in and uh, Austin, of course, as by the song that's being played right now, Max Verstappen won it in crazy fashion, um a beautiful use of strategy and the, using the undercut to get ahead and jump ahead of the queue for the pit stop pit stops, great tire management and all of that while having break issues and Gary, I believe you and I, you know, I've talked about this a little bit off, off, uh, off the, in the ether. What a, what a weekend, what a performance by, by the great Maxis happen and Red Bull. Um, and then like, then we get to, we had, originally, we had Lewis Hamilton in P2, which we'll get to in a quick second here. Lando Norris in P3, Carlos Sainz in P4, Sergio Perez in P5, desperately needing those, as many points as he can for the champ, second place championship, and then, uh, who did we have after Charles Leclerc in P6, and then George Russell, and then, of course, the news broke last night and then this morning, uh, Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc got disqualified for breaching article 3.59 in the technical regulations, which states that that a car must have a certain amount of thickness in the floor on the floor plank. And they did not have that thanks to some shaving. So let's go right off the bat. Like, like Gary, what are your thoughts on that penalty and that, that disqualification and just like, and obviously it's super unfortunate rules are rules It, It did happen. It's not like there's any cheating involved or anything, but like, if all the wishy-washiness of the FIA going on this season and whats is and isn't isn't in the technical regulations and all the parameters I'm actually looking up at the technical regulations now and they have in pink and red which signifies that there's a change in an imper- interpretation uh thing that the thickness can the thickness diameter and the and the ruling can change based off a of track um layout and and performance so with the bumpy road like Austin's road, like the Lakota, the Circuit of Americas it's a rather harsh rule, no?
2: I, I think it was harsh. You um, know, uh, all weekend long, they've been talking about how bumpy the track was, and uh, drivers were even asking if they can repave certain parts for the of, of the track next season. So, I, I don't think Mercedes nor Ferrari were trying to cheat by in in, in any way in this case. Um, I, I think it's just unfortunate, um, and I think it was a little harsh.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. about you, Cam?
3: Um yeah I mean I was surprised to hear about the penalty I mean uh I think my my question would be like can like Mercedes and Ferrari appeal the penalty
1: Not really I don't think so Gary like I don't think they I can. doubt it I th- at this point I, I, I doubt it at this point yeah Yeah at this point and like for the reasons and it's and it's such a like it, typically pretty like a hard like this is what is and isn't allowed yeah for that reason probably not and it's not like an interpretation thing even though technically kind of in kind of in a way it is when you think of like when it says in the pink here or like the track um but yeah not really it's it's pretty hard and hard and clear Mm -hmm. it's just arguably one of the most unfortunate timings to have that because like let's just Lewis, um, like obviously Norris got driv- uh, got Lando Norris got driver of the day. Yep, um, for good reasons. Yeah, great time, great, great drive he did, and just to be able to keep that car in, mm-hmm. what in like great use. I, I'm curious about their their pit stop strategy, but we'll get that. We'll get to that in a second here. But fantastic drive from Hamilton all weekend long. Yes. I think that he kind of got robbed from the drivers of the day, but you know me, I'm biased. And he <laughs> was
3: he was actually catching Max.
1: Yeah, if he, um,
3: he if he had a little bit more time, he probably would have had a shot at at the win. Well,
1: Gary, your thoughts? Because in my opinion, I think that if he had pitted, if they had pitted on lap eighteen when he said when they first talked about it, he probably could have caught him. Um, I
2: think so. I, I I totally agree. I think the um uh, uh, first off call for Mercedes really cost them the race.
1: Yeah. Just, just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it was with Mercedes today. They did so much with the car. I think the the both, especially Lewis, but um, George Russell was saying that this was the first major upgrade that they actually felt a a, a change in the car and the way it works and how they can push and everything. They were really happy with this. Lewis is I, some- I
2: think what what made the um, decision um so tough for them was because they're, they're not. No longer in a in a championship final decision. So when you're at that stage, you don't um, you you would try to pull something different um, and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. That, you know when when they were leading the championship, they were so confident that you know we we do plan A, it's going to work, and then everyone else will just follow us. But now um, they just hope that let's do the alternative strategy and see if that will work and, and that will get us into a better position. But I think I think it's a confidence thing.
1: Yeah, it, and and also just like when you have, su- I guess like for me, when you have such a dominant car the way the RB19 is and Max being such a dominant driver, you're going to have to take the gamble and the risk of using a different type of strategy to offset that. You know, you know Max is going to go probably mediums, hards, or he did mediums, mediums, and hards, but you know he's going to make up pace and then get to the point where he can make up places or then get to a point where he can coast it you kind of have to do a strategy that's going to be different. And I, I just think they didn't they didn't time it right on um, because that was the first pit stop was when they put him in a bit late. They were ex- trying to go oh, to no. extend. Yeah, they were trying to put him th- I get why they were trying to extend it. But I was saying when they when they did when they came over to the team radio and asked George Russell, "Do you think these these tires will last the extra amount?" and George was like, "Yep." Yeah. The first comment I heard was, "Well, that's two different responses." It's like, "Obviously, because Lewis is in a different place." in the race than George's in terms of pit stops and that, that strategy. I felt that was kind of, I felt that it was weird.
2: At do- first, when I heard that uh, conversation between the two drivers, I mean, between the, the two drivers with their team, I thought it was the bluff from uh, to the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naturally, very naturally.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I first, I had first thought when, when they like, Hey, can you do this on he, and Lewis was said, no, there's no way. I was like, well, he's going to put in the fastest laps, which he did, but he didn't, gain so much pace and, and extend it the way we're I think that we're used to and that's just you know the car differences and everything but yeah I thought it was I thought it was a mind game I totally thought it was a mind game that was happening and no <laughs> it turns out there and, wasn't
2: and, and you know when we when we talked off air before you know I I maybe wasn't the biggest fan of Lewis but my vote of the driver of the day for yesterday went to him
3: Oh, there we go. I, I would clean, agree with that. Clean
2: good fight. Clean good fight with N- Lando Norris, good pace all along. Yeah. Um, heads down and you know, keep the heads down and, and keep driving it forward. I I I think two laps and he would have won it. And then it would be even worse for Mercedes.
0: Yeah. Does, does <laughs> you him from
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is if there's ever a race if there's ever a race for you for Mercedes fans to be happy that Lewis didn't win a race, it would this be is the race. Probably. Probably. It was so so upsetting. Well, I have a explanation here from F1.com, Formula1.com, as to why they kind of said uh, what happened. Um, one of those, where does it say? So uh, it says here: the following, the following, following the conclusion of the race at the Circuit of America's, CODA, where Max is having claimed his 50th, which is congratulations. Technical director Joe Bauer, who we all need to hate right now, um, but we don't have to, uh, and his team went through their standard post-race checks. This one actually got me because it says his team went through the standard post race checks okay in the sporting regulations of F1 in the period of in the sec- of subsection post race post race and post sprint race parc fermé it talks about the and also in i believe it is uh, post race procedure it talks about all five top 5 cars will be inspected oh in coda in coda 2023 uh, and also, and also says top 10 cars, depending on how the race kind of goes, will be inspected. In 2023, two top five cars, uh, sorry, two, one, only one, two top five cars and one top 10 car was inspected. Uh, it was Lewis Hamilton. I think Landon Norris's was also inspected as for whatever, usually the podiums all inspected. Uh, and um, Charles Leclerc, obviously. They did not inspect Verstappen or um, Paris's, probably because... They knew that it would be in the regulations. They did not inspect, inspect Carlos Sainz's. They did not inspect uh, Russell's um, or Gasly's. So right off the bat, in the in the, the framing of his team went through their standard post-race checks, it's no longer standard, in my, from my reading at least. But I'm not trying to say this as a, as a conspiracy theorist. I'm just trying to say like what is being said and what is being shown continuing on for the F- f1 articles, says one of those checks was a physical floor and plank wear, wear inspection which chose to carry out and the plank also known as the skid block which is what a lot of people got kind of confused with over uh, social media i found was what's the difference between a plank and a skid block it's the same thing uh which was introduced is introduced in 94 so they're doing context of that uh, it was just with it was not within it was two a few tenths sh- lower than what the regulation is uh and then to a quote to not to be not in compliance end quote with the rules this is a joe bauer and i don't know i'm, I'm kind of confused by this and gary as a race director and and team manager and everything putting managing rules like yeah and especially with it when it's already saying this interpretation like what, what what are your thoughts on on that kind of like the wording of that this article in general
2: well, I think it's just uh, a tough pill to swallow for Total. Overall, um, the uh, officials from the FIA are just executing what was already um, decided on the rulebook for the year, so they just have to execute um, every line from the rulebook. Unfortunately,
1: mm-hmm. in this okay.
2: case, yeah,
1: yeah, it's just um, I just I find a, I find these. I think this is one of my kind of problems in general with the idea of. Changed and interpreted, kind of rules, especially with you know right here, right on right on. If you look at the 2023 Formula One sporting regulations, so many post race inspections, everything, are all highlighted in pink and purple, uh, meaning that there has been a, a change in a change since the rules were finalized, or there there's something interpretations to be considered. And so when you have so like, obviously, it's not necessarily a complaint of, like, how dare they do this to Lewis. I think it's just more like, in terms of a team, it can happen to anyone that these interpretations can be kind of, it's kind of almost, almost, not so much, I wouldn't say arbitrary, but it just feels off that some, that the interpretations can be done so like this and wishy-washy and kind of as going forward, you almost kind of want there not to be so much of this.
2: Well even on the club level here in b c uh uh we've had that situation happen, and it's up to the teams and the drivers over the um the fall meeting and the off season to clean up those rule books uh, those contrary terms uh, and phrases on the rule book and sometimes it's just unfortunate no one has caught it uh think of these situations um beforehand to um, clear things up before they actually actually execute these uh rules of the uh, as published
1: mm-hmm. yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate. So my heart goes out to you, Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc. Just like Charles Leclerc, just having the most down season. <laughs> like he's just losing hope. Yeah, I think <laughs>
3: this this is a season that Charles will definitely want to forget. I I would definitely say like he, he it's from what I've been watching. Like it he he's had the fast cars. He just hasn't had the execution this season. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not such a like. Dr.
2: Last year we could blame it on the strategies, and this year I I, I think luck played a, a big role on on his uh, downfall of um, of uh, fortunes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, it's still like Ferrari being Ferrari, but yeah. Like, what? what okay, thinking of like strategy. You know, we were harsh harsh on uh, Mercedes pit stop strategies. What did you think of Ferrari strategy, Gary and Cam? Like, I'm I'm interested because I felt that they especially with Leclerc, they tried to do the lawn con and go for the lawn for for position on track but even honestly like, i don't know I'm, I'm confused with the call for science because i feel like they could have maximized their points and not and not moved science switched the two drivers and to protect fourth and fifth a bit better and have science on the fresher tires use that to defend against perez but then they just kind of didn't do that and, and left the Claire open so i'm just i'm Help help me decipher these, these these strategy calls and what you guys kind of think about it. Let's we'll start with you, Cam. Well, you I mean, like,
3: um, I I missed like pretty much the whole race, but I caught like the last like thirteen fourteen laps <laughs> <laughs> of the race, so I missed like okay. the piss stop. So, but I mean, to try and answer to try and answer that question, like, I think maybe like um, it was kind of a weird weird strategy. I would say. I mean. I don't think it makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, Gary,
2: I I think Ferrari is just uh, was just trying to hustle for a podium position. That's all. That's why they want a one stopper and a two stopper and then mix it up. So if, if if one team gets one of their drivers, at least the other one may have the other
1: chance. I I guess I. At what point though do you realize that you're not going to kind of get that in the race, or is there ever a point in a race where you kind of have to— where, where, you, where you don't think okay, we don't, this is not the chance anymore? Or And when do you make that decision?
2: Well, they, they have more data than we do in front of the TV. <laughs> um, but what I'm also guessing was um, if they put both drivers on the same strategy, um, they know that each driver was fighting for their own and they didn't have the uh, uh, the team orders on hand right now. So uh, a worse situation may arise You you're seeing two Ferraris banging we use again and and, you know taking each other out so maybe they were just hoping for if we put them on different strategies and then uh, also that would be uh, providing a different uh, chance and opportunity for a podium uh, for either one of them Mm. it's just rolling the dice hustling for uh,
3: the the podium position I think yeah I guess I would agree with that yeah yeah. I mean I I guess I could kind of see it from Ferrari I mean I mean, like they're they're trying to get the best finish as possible, and th- yeah. I guess they felt like that was the best strategy to uh, try and do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, I guess that that's what we. I guess that's the, only, that's the only way we can really like can sum it up, right? Yeah, Is that that's the best way to kind of yeah. to, to, to say it. Who, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, Gary, you, 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 and I both kind of know, like, who knows what's going on in Ferrari. <laughs> like in that garage, <laughs> like, like and, the, I don't and because
2: every point means month, uh to the teams for next season's uh, uh, development and and, and the grounds and everything from from F one. So I think at this point they just want to hustle for all the points, positions, podiums, and 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 you know uh, possible for for the next season.
1: Yeah, they know
2: they won't be fighting for the win anyways.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, so may not be fighting for the win. However, in the constructors' championship, Ferrari is only 18 points behind Mercedes now. Mercedes has 344, Ferrari has 322 thanks because of that disqualification. So, it, there is still a lot to get to to, P, to get to, posit, to number uh, second place in the constructors' championship, still in that big 3. I think that they're still well ahead of dropping from there. They're solid almost 100 points away behind from McLaren. McLaren though, Let's let's jump to this one because McLaren, with that performance from Lando specifically, especially Lando, because apparently, un- unfortunately, Oscar had a DNF. But um, with that with that end, fourth consecutive podium for Lando Norris. How many of them were in, were P two? I think like three of them are P two. Three, three of them are P two. Uh, yeah, just just a what an amazing from a team that was battling for eighteenth place at the beginning of the year for mm-hmm. seventeenth. What a what a turnaround, and. And because of that, they have surpassed Aston Martin in the Constructors Championship now in fourth place, and Aston Martin just seems to be evolving backwards. <laughs> right, yeah. Gary? Just yeah. What is going on? What?
2: How hypothetical pathetic it was they have to go back to the old car for Alonso to be a competitive again uh, during the uh, the Grand Prix and but not the Sprint Race?
1: Yeah. And and okay, so that was, okay, I was confused by this. When they say old car, do they mean from the start of the season? Or from... No, I
2: think it was just before the
1: upgrade. Okay, so before Canada. Correct. Yeah, okay. So, quite literally, the f- very first car that we got and then it, it performed, I would say, arguably better until they had rear floor damage because of all the wear that it's had. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... Like, what is going on? Aston Martin's been in the news all kind of the last couple of weeks with, like, you know, Stroll's behavior on and off the track. Um, and, like, like Gary, please shed some light on this as as to like how this is like what's what's this kind of showing with uh, Stroll and like what's going on with Aston Martin in general. It, it was
2: um it was an interesting point that uh, when you and I uh, met up with our friend Jerry at the at uh, the Go cool Kart track the other day, he pointed out that Stroll was probably still suffering from that wrist injury. Um. I, I never thought about that until he mentioned it. But, you know, yeah. maybe that's true. But I also think that Joe has lost the uh, motivation, totally. He, he, I, I don't think he's he's uh, he's focused in racing. And, and, you know, from from the interviews with Alonso, you can tell that uh, Alonso's not happy with the performance from his teammate. Um, yeah, I, I, I think sooner or later we'll, we'll, we'll hear an announcement that Joe is stepping down as a driver. Maybe he'll stay involved with the team, but then I, I think someone else is gonna replace him eventually.
1: Yeah, do you think that uh Lor- if do you think that Lawrence is gonna take a like harsher route coming in twenty twenty four for especially knowing that they roughly could have had um P three in the champ in the constructors championship sewn up?
2: And I sure think I, I sure think that's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. Like a lot of people Maybe. firing or do you think that like what I think that's what it is, like, where how do you adjust an Aston Martin?
2: I I think for the good of the team, um, you know they they have to Lawrence has to be responsible to the stakeholders involved. I I think naturally, uh, replacing Lance with uh, a different driver it's a better way to go. And they, they're just probably waiting for the off season so he doesn't have to go through all the interviews at each Grand Prix uh, about asking his uh, uh, step down from the role and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, like that. That's so like that's one part of the sport that I th- always find really tough is the media like like working with other media forms, like um when i like when you go to the ivory canucks games and the lions games and that when the, when it's a tough tough time there's kind of an unspoken rule of being nice uh-huh. like don't ask this don't bring this up like only br- if they bring it up in one of their answers then that's the permission to to talk about it yeah you know um, obviously you can have to ask some ugly questions. Like, like you know, for the Canucks, is always like, like, how come you can't get your power play working or anything like that? But I find that in F1 media, they all just straight up ask, hey, so do you have a future in racing after you've been let go of your team? And how do you prepare for that is is the biggest thing. Gary, do you ever, like, obviously racing in, in BC in that is a bit different, but how do you prepare your drivers that, for the mental game? I know this is something that you and I have talked about a lot just the men- the mental stress and the and preparing yourself mentally for a race, and then you add all of this kind of like bl- very blunt media practices that are... Well, for, too- for,
2: for, for us local folks, it, it's a lot easier. We just uh, stay in the trailer, stay in our clubhouse, and then uh, we can stay away from <laughs> some, some of the politics around it and all that, but um, unfortunately for F1 drivers, they get paid to go through the whole game, and this is yeah. unfortunate part of the game, you know, the interviews and stuff. I, I even think that F1 has a clause in their contract for all the drivers they have to answer all the questions you know they have to attend all the uh the, the media interviews and all that stuff
3: yeah that's interesting i didn't know that that f1 drivers actually have a clause that they have to do media interviews
1: yeah well it's very simple to, it's very similar to like nfl has that yeah and like a lot of a lot of places out uh, here, ooh, someone's getting a phone call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of places out, uh, like especially around um, North American sports, mm-hmm. uh, they they have a lot of that. Like that's one of the whole things by Marshawn Lynch's uh, antics. Yeah, uh, They're like I'm, yep. gonna, I'm just here not so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic, yep. classic quote. Yeah, but yep. I think they all have that um i think that f1 has a little bit more freedom now though compared to like nfl specifically but mm-hmm. i think f1's f1 has more freedom of what the drivers can and can't say yeah in the sense of like they can they have to answer the question but they don't have to answer their question you know they, it can be like a very yeah that's a stupid question you know what i mean they, they, yeah. can just, they can just like brush it off yeah. um kind of answers yeah which i think which i think is fair mm-hmm. uh, like especially if you're going to be how the media practices and and all that like yeah being able to let them answer things quickly to go and like chill out is probably a good thing.
3: And you know just getting back to Lance's interview from what was it now 2 weeks ago, a week ago? Qatar, yeah. Um, 2 weeks ago. Qatar. Well, I I, week ago, sorry. I I think Lance definitely could have answered some of the questions better. Like I think like he he came off rude a mm-hmm. little bit and obviously he he said he said a cuss word that he shouldn't have said, and that's how he got that's how he got the the stern talking to from the f i a and uh you know I think it seems like lance is burnt out this season that's kind well, of what i yeah yeah i i've kind of noticed that just like just the way he he did his interview he seems burnt out this season
1: i mean yeah like how- how could you not be right mm mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you're you're in this thing, you're in in this car and that, but, but like, I want to, I want to kind of go, speaking of the car, I do, I just want to go back to, like, Aston Martin going backward, like, literally going backwards to the, to the day one car. It's, it's like, there was so much hope for this team, right? Like, yeah. Like, you know, Fernando was, was racing well and everything. So what, if, and they're, and they're testing on tracks that historically are pretty good for testing tracks. So, like, what, what, what's not working? Like that's that's the real question. Like, what what like, uh, Gary? Like, following you're you're following up on some of the up, upgrades, right? Um, yeah. Like, what are the upgrades that aren't working? Because it's the floor. I,
2: I have a feeling that it has to do with their setup um, on the fly.
1: Mm, okay, and that's going to be because
2: even if we if we look back um, to the first few races when they were competitive. I mean, some of the cars, some of the other teams, they. They basically have a similar car, maybe a few upgrades here and there. They're not that far off. So if it was the upgrades that affected their performance, they wouldn't go all the way to the very back. They may be in the mid-pack or, you know, maybe 12, 13 positions, something like that. But now they're rolling, you know, more and more towards the back of the field every race. And um, last year when I was in uh, Montreal, I've uh, watched FP1, FP2, um, on the grandstand and Vettel both Veto and Nance and, and did very well and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden next day FP 3 uh, qualifying boom set up change everything went backwards
1: yeah and just but yeah. like is that is that a Parc Ferme rule that me- 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 messes that up or is that like like when you and I guess like that's a big another, maybe that's tied into the question uh, part of the question here is when when we say, Gary, if you can explain this just you probably can explain this better than me. What does changing the setup and the settings for the car actually mean for like non-racing fans or for people who haven't watched it much like what are they changing and like how much time is it to to change it like and the data that's being used like like break it down for me. Sorry. Correct.
2: Okay. Well, uh for example, aerodynamics, wing angle, in um, then the uh, suspension stiffness, front and rear bar, uh, sway bar uh, bias, uh, the rake of the car all of these will make dramatic um, difference even if you if you give the best car in the grid repo to someone who doesn't know how to set it up um, the difference can be you know first to 20th that, that's how big the setup changes can, can do to a car mm-hmm. You can have the fastest engine, you can have the best chassis, but if nobody in the team can point you to the right direction, or if they were taking, let's say, for instance, an estimate margin, if they are um, rolling the dice on certain things and, and thinking, well, the data is it's, it's pointing us to this direction, but it's wrong, then naturally you are you are stepping back on your pace and and make the car undrivable for the driver.
1: Yeah. And and for those who who don't know, park ferme means essentially closed park it means you can't work on the car anymore, and all that. And I just for clarification, the sporting regulations it says here, um, park ferme rules for specifically race days. Um, obviously, by the way, paraphrasing how it's actually worded. I'm just trying to uh, say it, say it a bit here. Park ferme starts officially at the start of Q one before the cars leave the pit lane. At the, at, the, at the start, of Q1, they have until the end of Q1 to give the finalized technical delegate, which needs to be provided, uh, which is very much like you know ex- everything that Gary was just said. You know, pretty much a rundown of what the tech, what what regulations you're following in this in the race. So at the end of Q1, it's park for me. You can't really mess around with the settings too too much. You can change some things based off of conditioning and all this stuff, but it also in the last especially this year, a certain thing called the sprint race messes mm-hmm. up the park Ferme rules. So for, yeah. for instance, for the Friday, you're allowed to work a little bit on the suspensions and certain and certain things for the car at and after qualifying, but you can't work on it at all after the sprint race. Yeah, you can't change the setups. so you, there's essentially a full day of data getting covered and everything that you can't adjust the car after. So adjusting it, so that, that's a long time and I think that's kind of one of the problems we're seeing there's a lot now in sprint racing at the end because let's be honest here I think like like Gary the the, the sprint race this season, this I, in Austin was very boring. Oh, <laughs> it really, was really? It was probably the worst one so far um like out of all of them and I'm talking including the 2021s and 2021 ones and 2022 ones this was arguably one of the worst sprint races. And I can understand that like you don't want to give up the positions, but also just like you can't change much of the car and this is a rough track in that they're not going to go over these bumps and I think this is starting to you're starting to see some wear and tear on these cars and like Aston Martin's really struggling with setups and like like for a team that is struggling with it and then you you have an elongated time to not work on it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna have a hard race pace with that but
3: I mean from the the sprint races that I've seen like it 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 to me, it kind of feels more more like like a qualifying race than than a sprint race. Like I I I haven't really watched a lot of the sprint races. I've only watched like a couple of them, but from what I've watched, like it, they kind of feel like like qualifying races to me.
1: Well, they used to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they used to be qualifying races, and they moved past that because you wouldn't want to really mess up your qualifying. Yeah. Time and give it a position to try and incentivize that and. I don't know. I think that um, I'm not sure if you Gary saw the uh, or heard the Martin the Sky Sports broadcast for the I think it was the I think it was the sprint race, but they were like basically trying the most British ways in polite ways of saying this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, like they yeah. were like, yeah, this is just like oh, truly not the best one, um, and that. And I think Martin Brundle said it really well, which is like, well, clearly something has to be readjusted in 24 again. It has to be changed. I, and I agree
2: with him. Yeah. yeah, this is uh, this is just like sending in uh, a kid into a quiz, and then after the quiz, if he does that, he doesn't have the chance to uh, to study again before going into uh, the exam. Yeah, <laughs> and,
1: yeah. That's,
2: that's, that's that's not very fair. Yeah, no. that that's actually you, such you a good. well way. run eighty laps in a row.
1: Yeah that that's <laughs> such a, that's such a good way of explaining it. Actually, it's exa- that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just maybe it's just because of the way this was set up this weekend compared to other weekends, because I think that the guitar the weekend was slightly better in terms of the whole spectacle. You know, we got, we got Oscar Piastri win, I think which is, was the highlight of the week for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. But like on, on that note though, a team that like doesn't seem to have a, a struggle is McLaren with, with the sprint weekend format. They've, they've yeah. done, especially since their major upgrades are coming in. And so, I don't know.
2: always say that they, don't, they may not have the best car like, like before, but you know, every, every weekend after weekend, they're showing that, uh, that strong pace and uh, continuing their development.
1: Yeah. So in terms of continuing the development, in your, in your mind, Gary, what is working at McLaren versus Aston Martin in terms of just specifically the team? Because these are both two teams that heavily, heavily took talent from Red Bull, from last year's red bull team and uh some some i like, saw that they hired some extra some mercedes and some some of the ferrari people that were jumping ship because of they didn't like so much the ownership stuff but again not going into those conspiracy tests. but like these are two teams that, that very heavily poached or poached is a mean word but took from the best for to redo their entire team um and mclaren specifically if i look at the time of some of the contracts they say like it does say here as i'm looking them up that some of these contracts started would have come in midway through the 2023 season, so as we probably around the same time we saw the turnaround. But what's leading to this such a massive jump between the two of them? And because they both kind of follow a very similar pattern.
2: It's very hard to say because we don't see all the um, uh, the little secrets behind each team. But I would say that McLaren at a very early point. Um, was already convinced, at least within their own team, that they will be very strong this year. That's why Oscar Piastri decided to sign with them. You know, after maybe being exposed to some of the information about the development in the team for 2023, uh-huh. um, it may also have to do with the uh, the input from both drivers. If you see in McLaren, um, Piastri and, and Norris are both you know young, energetic, good drivers. Um, Fighting for the careers. On the other hand, you know, in in Aston Martin, we know that Lance was, you know, Lawrence perhaps was trying to sign the world champs to drive alongside Lance so he can uh, learn from the from the greats and and, and develop from there. But then you always maybe just relying on the one driver to develop the car, and Mm. and that can be a struggle as well. So that you know, maybe in Aston Martin's case the car was all designed and set up based from Lonzo's driving style. And then on the other hand in, in McLaren, maybe both drivers are putting in you know good feedback developing the car together with the team. And, and they also must have a good engineering team behind.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to set up in and, and the current regulations? I always wonder this. I think we, we talked about this a couple times in a few episodes though. Um, I think that can the team set, change the settings for each driver, or do they have to have very much identical cars going into specifically the race?
2: No, no, definitely. Uh, uh, each team must be allowed to have uh, different setups for each driver.
1: Yeah, but you can't necessarily set up the car differently. Like, you can't have one car that's very good at, at running uh, with the front-end load, like the way Max Verstappen wants it, and one car that's set up to have a rear... Rear drive, like the way surgery pairs, you can't do that massive of a change. But I think you can yeah, change it. Mean, the chassis s-
2: should be uniform. Yeah. And then, and and your other limiting factors would just be, you know, things like the rig, um, the camber, uh, the uh, uh, aerodynamic setups and stuff. And, and that became a little limited uh, for the other driver to adapt to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and clearly, McLaren's figuring out what settings are working for each one of that. But what I what I worry though is this kind of a similar thing to what happened in twenty twenty, in twenty I think twenty twenty one, where they set the car up really well in the middle middle to end of the season for, for Lando, and then in twenty twenty two and also twenty twenty when they did that did the same similar thing in twenty nineteen, they're just going to get hit at the beginning of next season. Or do we think that this is a really good? Do you think this new era of budgeting and how how the setups are working? And the 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 freezes that are going to be in the technical that are in the technical regulations. Do you think that's going to help a lot for twenty twenty four? Like twenty twenty four being like a wild season.
3: Predictions.
2: What are your thoughts, Ken?
3: Um, I think it probably could help. Um, I mean, because I think twenty twenty five is when the new car is supposed to come, or is that twenty twenty six? 26 26 is official
1: yeah i think I, th- but I think that might be up for debate depending on how what happens in 24 i think
3: yeah i mean like i think 24 could possibly be i don't think i don't know if red bull can be a, could be like as dominant as they are this season next season i think teams might start to figure out uh to figure them out and like competition could be closer than it has been because Max has dominated like the whole season pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think he's only lost like what one race,
1: like three now.
3: Three? Yeah, because
1: Sergio Perez two and and um, Carlos Sainz yeah has one. Right?
3: Am I am I right, Gary?
1: Three. I I think so. I, I think so. okay, yeah. Which is still unbelievable. Yeah. What? <laughs> Anyways. But the
2: margin, the gap from. Uh, at the finish line has been reduced from, you know, thirty seconds to one point eight now.
1: Yeah. 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 That that is
2: Which is a good sign for us as the fans. Exactly, yes. right?
1: But do you still but I think Cam to your question, mm-hmm. to kind of the question that's kind of hidden in there, that little bit there, which I like this one. <laughs> do you think Red Bull can dominate next season? I think I still there's nothing in my answer there's nothing really says that they can't.
3: Yeah, I mean I think they can. I mean like I, I don't I don't. I don't know if, like, like may, maybe Mercedes could probably take a run at them next season, but I think it's hard to say because, you know, Red Bull's just been so dominant now for three years. Like they've won three straight championships, and i I don't I don't see how they can't win a fourth straight championship.
1: Yeah, they did before, right? So, yeah. Gary, thoughts on that one?
2: I I think McLaren and. Mercedes and maybe even Ferrari will give them a run, a closer run next season. Uh, they may be still, you know, at the top, being the dominant team, but I think there will be, uh, we will be seeing some more different winners next year.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think like especially Mercedes, um, but like I don't, I don't honestly, I I say McLaren more than Mercedes seems to have figured out what their car needs right now. Supposedly,
2: yeah. they run the same power unit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, whatever. I think, I think that's what Total Wolf is going to do. Is he going to, he's going to go to McLaren and, and, and try and take his power units back to find out like what, what's going on there? Or, <laughs> but, or the
2: uh, or the or the magic would be uh call one eight hundred call SEC and see if uh, <laughs> we, can, we can we can unlock some of your engine uh, power unit uh, potential more, <laughs> but then you have to share more. Uh, uh, techniques with us so we can both try to give Red Bull a, a, a better run next season together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just more. Oh my god, Highly possible. I would, yeah. I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if I
2: own the engine, I would definitely call my competitor who is uh, closer than, than our team to, to try to make that work together.
3: Yeah,
1: that would be that would be nuts. Oh
3: I, I have a question for both of you. Um, Shoot. So Max has won 15, 16 races this season. Something like that. How many races do you think he'll win next season? Will it would it be as many as he won this season? 8 or 9?
1: Yeah, I'm think I'm thinking like yeah. I'm still thinking 10. I'm going to say 10. He's going to have a nice even 10. Yeah. But I think that he's I don't think he's going to win as much. But just because he won 10, I don't think that necessarily means he's going to win
3: the championship. championship.
1: Yeah, cuz he can I think I don't know. I think I think Gary I think he's on he, Gary's on to something. I think it's going to be a lot closer of racing. And I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see which drivers, when they're fighting Max mm-hmm. next season, are not going to give space. Yeah. And not, like, push him over. Yeah. Um, because, like, I, you know, that ties into something that Gary had on his notes here that he sent me. Uh, a great start by Lando for the U.S. Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great start. But also Charles Leclerc did not do what Max did at the start of the race, which is gun right off to the to the left-hand side and cut that. And cut that exit yeah. into into that entrance into turn one, which gave Lando the the lead. And so, I think that just kind of talks. about My point for that is just like the different drivers have different strategy and do different things. Max is very Ferrari, hyper. Go ahead.
2: Sorry, Ferrari drivers were definitely thinking about the long game yesterday all along. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have the elbows out when they were being passed. I think they were just focusing on
1: the strategy and hoping for the best yeah I think they knew that something was off with their car at this point and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't the stuff I wonder if the sprint race really took it out because Charles Leclerc gave a lot in that sprint race at the like in, uh, on on the Saturday and so I think that ties in that in my opinion ties a lot to what park the park ferme problems of like if you can't do some like some upkeep in, overnight then that's, yeah. that's going to be a rough drive <laughs> the next day but I, I'm, I'm interested next season, in terms of going back to the next season, I'm interested to see which drivers are going to actually fight Red Bull, uh, the, the Red Bull drivers and his yeah. base. So I think Lewis is going to definitely have elbows out a lot of the time.
3: I think Lewis could, could win, like, three or four races next season because he's come close this say, season. I'm
1: going to say five. I'm going to give him five races. Five. He's going to win five races for me next year. Not for me, but... That,
2: that's- a little
1: too optimistic, but I think don't take it three to don't don't take five, five would be would be possible,
2: <laughs> and then probably Lando or Piastri
1: would 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 win it. Yeah. Okay. So who's going to get a, in your in your mind? Let's be let's let's be let's be fair, but also let's be harsh on this, Gary. Who's going to win? A, uh, who's going to win a race first, Lando Ooh. or Piastri? Yeah. I I think Lando would. Yeah. He
2: has the experience, and he has the um. The race craft to do it. Uh, Piastri has the raw pace, but when it comes to you know side by side, I, I think Lando
3: still has the um, the better edge of it. Yeah, I would agree with with Gary on that one.
1: Mm, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the option. On this <laughs> <one>. I'm I'm <laughs> well, going to say Piastri. If, if Piastri
2: wins, if Piastri wins, it may be because the other drivers, for example, Max or Lewis, have less experience dealing with Piastri. And then so he can pull some unpredictable moves to to, to um, to try gain position uh, versus, you know, the other drivers know Norris um, pretty the, well by now. The, and, and, and they know how he, he fights and he drives. But, I, you know, for the last few races, I've been playing, paying my close attention to both drivers. And I still think Lando Norris has the better edge.
1: Mm, wh- wh- why do you say that specifically when you're looking at the drivers then?
2: Uh, I think it's,
1: uh, the overall package, overall performance, overall race exp- Explain, explain a bit more, more than like how how do you how do you, what are you looking at when to 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 come up with that conclusion? How does it What are the differences? What are your analytics put between Managing each driver?
2: degradation, for example.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, for yeah. the tires and how and how it's doing that. Um, yeah, Pesci yeah. does seem to like to gun that thing yeah. that car but i liked what um jerry uh a new pal now had said which is like when piastri drives it's all business business is business uh-huh. and i like that I'm, I'm interested to see i think i think that piastri is going to crash out a bit more next season because i think that he's going to they're going to have a car to run for podiums and he's going to put put that into a podium spot or or dnf trying uh-huh. um yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I'm I
2: will be your more uh, consistent bet.
1: Yeah, I think it's very it's very similar to it, it gives me a lot of um it, it gives me a lot of Charles and uh Carlos vibes. Where Carlos is like for Ferrari, science is very much he's more conservative with the car. He's not going to push that just to get out to get a, a different to get a higher position if he knows the car may not make it. Well Charles goes hundred and hundred and one percent and doesn't know the and difference between the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charles, Charles is a hun is ninety nine and a hundred and two percent Margarine's in ratio is so minuscule and he I don't think he even knows the difference where the line is on that. <laughs> so. And then you will hear ah. Oh no. <laughs> Speaking of Charles Leclerc, I absolutely loved the um Zavi. Give me the name first. <laughs> Tell me the uh, name first on the radio. Did you catch that? Yes. 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 Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> so Cam, I'll. You
0: have I'll
1: for <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll try to find it for you, Cam. But there was a point where um in, in qualifying, where Verstappen got um uh, his time his lap time deleted. Mm-hmm. The Ferrari engineer Zavi, which. Him and Charles have, have a very interesting relationship. I think <laughs> after this season, they're gonna have to go to couples counseling together um, to to talk about their their stuff. But he goes, um, oh, and that's a lap time deleted. It's a lap time deleted for Verstappen. And Charles goes like, Zavi, my god, tell me the name first. <laughs> like, don't don't. Like, I thought that was mine. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. That, that was, was good so one. good. Uh, yeah,
2: that was Speaking about how many races uh, Max may win next year, I, I, I think one thing he definitely lost it after this race is the uh, 100% uh, support from his own race engineer.
1: Oh, interesting take. Yeah. Oh, he did.
2: That, that language, that language. It was unbearable. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I was glad that when I uh, watched the race again last night that my uh, my son has, has gone to bed. Otherwise, if he was uh, watching uh, right beside me, I, there's a...
1: A lot of things I don't know how to explain to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to tell- this is this is not the word to use when, when, just, yeah, t- just uh, tell me when I, you're I, on the you mic with mean, me. Don't your, ever your talk.
2: definitely works really well for uh, for to explain uh, Max's uh, expressions
0: yesterday. The
3: F <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ma- Max was very animated. Just... Like I I noticed like he was like very animated and like he lost his cool a few times when
1: all weekend
3: yeah
1: right like you, uh when we were at the Carding track and chill we were talking about this too gary like that was like right after i think yeah right after the sprint um yeah all weekend cam he just seems not the cool cucumber that he normally is
3: yeah and you would think he would be like relaxed because he's he's got the championship locked up well
1: that's the one thing with max was driving. i don't think he ever relaxes when, <laughs> when he can win away win a race right? yeah no he's just an option like my yeah i don't know and like <clears throat> gp um just seems i don't know what's going on they just seem to be a, little, a, a bit weirder like I'm, i say weirder and i don't understand what their communication is uh going on this time but
2: i mean obviously it's not the first time they talk to each other i mean <laughs> no. and, and they they know that these conversations are being heard by millions on billions of fans out there yeah um when, just when the uh, F1 is trying to promote even the uh, the series to kids, the F1 kids, now how do you beat all that? Yeah, <laughs> into the film right? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, when, when we teach our kids to, to race go-karts, and, and you know, obviously the F1 drivers are people they look up to, but when the kind of lack of respect between the driver and the team is shown. Um, very graphically by by his language. I, I just think that well, there should be a, uh, a policy set by the FIA that, uh, you know, radio communications uh, uh, should not include any foul languages.
1: Like a swear jar? Yeah. Just, just put a, yeah. just, I just think put that's a swear jar in excessive. there? Every... I,
2: I find it very offensive. Being an F1 fan, I, you know, I, I started watching F1 from the 90s and, you know, it, it's always been an, um, impression to me that all these drivers, you know, they, you can take a photo of them and, and they can be the uh, the cover photo of GQ. But can can you can you put Max on, on the cover of G Q magazine when when he his language is like that on over the radio and you know, how how can he set himself as a role model to uh, other drivers coming up from the uh, young uh, and, and feeder series, you know, from karting, F4, F3, F2, uh, you know, you're just encouraging
1: the others to act the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a, that's a that's a fair point. It's, it's, it's a very
3: fair point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I, I, I
1: had a lot of
2: respect to his driving, but the uh, kind of language he used over the radio and the lack of respect, I, I honestly, yeah. I, I, I think. I took off about 50 points of uh, my respect to him after last night.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How does your uh, point margin of respect work exactly, Gary? Um, Like, if you can take 50, if you can drop 50 points of respect, like, how (laughs) how, how far, (laughs) how much much points does he have? You know what I mean? Well, I think the,
2: um, I, I think as a, as a good driver, you have to be... For example, I, I, I openly admit that Schumacher is my, my driving idol of all types. And Yes. Uh, I learned a lot from his, his um, uh, on-track and off-track behaviors. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, in order to be a, a true champion, you have to drive people around you together to achieve the same goal. It seems to me that Max is only very self-centered um, if things doesn't go his way um it he flips right away and that's just too much i think uh, how can you uh, convince other people in your team to work with you to have to drive with you together if you if you you know jump the fuse like that in in, in two seconds
1: yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good point that's a, that's yeah. a, like, i don't know i think it, it's tough because like you want to you at one on one hand to be an F one champion, you kind of have to be selfish, and yeah. even Schumacher has some selfishness to it. But like at the same Correct.
2: time, but he had the respect to the team. Yeah, at all mm-hmm.
1: times. That, yeah, exactly. That's what I think. I think that, like the, the amount of you think of like the amount of all the stories of hearing how much time he spent in the garage and, and the garages when they were allowed to at the time, and mm-hmm. and how he would go to bat for his his pit crew and everything. Like yeah, there was a lot of respect of where of everyone in that stuff. And I think I think Max to a point has that respect too. As long as he's winning. (laughs) I I,
2: I was going to make a joke. He said, no talking, I'm breaking. But hey, as as a driver, you shouldn't be coasting. So if you're not on throttle, you're breaking. If I was JP, I would would go on radio with him again when he's on throttle and see what he says and then make a joke out of it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) If you're not
2: breaking, I'm on throttle. So if you're pitching at me again when I'm on throttle, then it's your problem.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, J. Right? <laughs> yeah, J. V. is really just yeah, I, I I like and like I don't know. I get it because when you break you there's so much concentration going on when you're braking but like w- when else are you supposed to like when do you when are you supposed to get these messages <laughs> when you're when you, oh, i love to see him make a message when he's in the middle of an overtaking <laughs> like next <laughs> yeah. race. Just, yeah. just stuff. Yeah. It's um it's a. Uh, I I mean,
2: as a driver, I've been on radio with with my team all the time when I'm driving. Sometimes when you get information as you are, you know, pulling a move or, or, you know, just breaking, what's the big deal about it? Yeah, and you can listen to the message first and respond back when you're on the street. That's no, no big deal. There's, there's, there, should be a respect. I, I mean, I would never yell at my own teammate or my, my, my crew chief when I'm, when I'm racing when, when he's talking. I mean, that's no big
0: deal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd be. I'm actually kind of. Be, I'd be nervous if I was the driver and I talked like that to to Gary. I'd see if he was my race <laughs> engineer, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be. I can. I can think of how you're going to communicate with me already. <laughs> when I, if, I, if I if I if I talk back to you like that, <laughs>
2: I, I I even always respond back with a thank you after receiving messages from the team, just so they know that uh, I, I acknowledge the information.
0: Yeah.
1: That's that's you know just just polite things you know a little a little a little politeness everything, everything <laughs> like that.
3: You gotta be
2: nice.
1: You gotta be nice to people.
2: I mean, yeah, yes, you can be selfish to fight for your own result, but you gotta be nice to people. You that's, also gotta
3: like treat people with with respect, respect. and dignity. I yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think some of that has gone away a little bit with this generation of F1 drivers, but you know, yeah. I feel like. Maybe it needs to kind of go back to what it used to be in the 90s and early 2000s, where like everybody was treated as equals.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, there's there's a huge. That Kimmy started this trend?
2: That Kimmy started this trend? Leave me alone. I know
1: what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> but at the, s- okay. everyone thinks it's cool. Yeah, at the same time, when the Iceman was racing for Lotus, Lotus did not know what they were doing, and he did. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, do you, you know the story, Gary, of uh of Lotus and and um Kimmy, where like they didn't have em- enough to pay him at the time, at the yeah, start, yeah, so like yeah, yeah. They <laughs> said every point is a certain amount it's of a money. Different story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and then and then he ended up like I think it was like what like, he he almost bankrupted, like, yeah, like, Kimmy yeah. almost bankrupted. I think the I Lotus. heard about that. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, what a, yeah. what a driver. But yeah, <laughs> Kimmy like, I think there's something there's something cool about Kimmy's antics and everything. And I th- like I'll admit. I'd loved hearing his radio. Like yeah. when, when he was coming on I was like, Oh, he's gonna say something, I love it. <laughs> and and there's and yeah, but at the same time, yeah, you you do need to kind of I agree. There needs to be the respect across all fields and even Gary uh, talked about that with Marion one time about especially Lewis's early in the season and even currently now you can still see his like his attitudes in that. So I've got no tires. Yeah, no tires. <laughs> no S
0: no S mean, man. What do you mean you
1: have four? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got no tires. These tires are bad. The car's the car's bad, man. Uh, but yeah.
3: Well done. Well done there. What was the that in the last corner?
0: <laughs> there
1: you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, what a way to uh-huh. open it up here on Silver Radio one oh one point seven FM ninety two point three. FM and Chilliwack and Seattle dot across the world broadcasting on Stalo Tamuk. Gary, no talking. I'm breaking. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. That is um, some <laughs> That is um, Moments of that is the qualif. That was in qualifying. That was from Max Verstappen. That was specifically when I believe the rumor was that he there was some like turbulent air coming off of Checo Perez's car ahead of him, but. There, like wasn't really um and yeah just kind of more just max has happened like this i think it was, uh, who, i was who was i to tell my brother that like at some point people kind to realize that checo perez is, is fighting for his almost God. literally fighting for his his seat mm-hmm. <laughs> and so turbulent air for max is, shouldn't be that big of a deal but there we go and on um, and i don't know in in some car karma in in some like karma way max uh got booed uh on on the stage for, uh, for the podium which i think is kind of unfair i heard also that there is the rumor that they were also booing the governor of texas because he's oh. not very well liked but booing on podiums i i just don't really think that that's what the sport should be about or should have but at the same time like i'm coming out of the stance of it's a polit- there's there's we should be critical and openly critical of our, our politicians mm-hmm. i'm okay with booing the governor of texas i'm not okay with booing max Verstappen. That's my stance. Yeah,
3: I mean, unless if there's like an actual reason to boo Max, I don't think he should be booed. I mean, I
1: don't think anyone should
3: be booed. We're we're witnessing like history here with Max. Like, he's having a a historical season, and I think, I think uh, you know, as much as I don't really like Max himself because he like he's he's always like dominant, (laughs) Um, but. You know he he is a very talented driver, and he is now a three-time Formula One world champion. And I think fans should recognize that as you know, as a sign of respect to him, in a way.
1: Yeah, I can.
2: When I when I first uh, heard the uh, the booing on the podium, I thought that was uh, due to his language, because I was I was gonna <laughs> boo because of the the amount of uh, foul language that polluted my ears during that race from him. <laughs> 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 yes, in, 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 in all due respect, I don't think the fans should do um, a race winner. Uh, you know, they all fight hard for to be in that position. I, I, yeah. I think there should be some respect.
0: Yeah,
3: It's very hard to win a race, whether it's a Formula One race, an IndyCar race, or even an NASCAR race. It's It is hard to win a race. And, you know, I think... I think like fans should recognize like how hard it is to win a race. In, you, you in you're Disney. not just
2: booing the driver; you're booing the whole team, everyone behind, it, the factory, and everything.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
1: that's actually that's really good. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna steal that from you, Gary. I'm not lie <laughs> to lie I'm, I'm gonna say this on, I'm gonna say this on record. Take so, it. so, take but it. It. like, if you boo, if you boo the driver, you boo the team, everyone that's involved, and. Yeah, that's um, that's a really good one. And, and yeah, speaking of
2: that, this topic, when you, when we were talking about his uh, qualifying drama, you know, in in a in the team, there are two garages, and of course, Checo's pit um, crew will be focusing on Checo's result, not not Max's. I think when he was a full corner behind, that turbulent air could not be that bad. No, I mean he, they've got to they've got to put Checo somewhere on track yeah. <laughs> to do his run, <laughs> yeah. right? And you know, I, I yes, maybe it will affect maybe by a few hundred of a second, but that's not a big deal. It's not a show stopper. Yeah. Uh, I I think that was overreacting. I think that's a sign showing that uh, he is very self-centered these days.
1: Yeah, I mean, even remember last season. I think it was was it Brazil last season or um what what what, what track what what race was it when uh, Verstappen could have given Checo the place and he didn't for the championship points and he mm-hmm. goes like you had oh, you know yeah. my reasons. Yes. You told <laughs> I I told you my reasons I was going to do yeah. it and it's like come on man. The guys literally fighting for his life every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. and that two
2: two years ago he was your legend.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> two two years. Yeah, two years ago, he he literally like had one of the greatest comeback wins ever, <laughs> uh, from yep. l- last place on a safety car to winning the race. Unbelievable. And and
2: and doing the uh, elbows out uh, uh, with Lewis,
1: just yeah. to
2: protect uh, his position for the for the final race. He was a legend, right?
0: That,
1: yeah,
2: that's what was on radio.
1: That was yeah. That was oh my gosh. Like there's there's so much. And I will say this. Okay, here here's something. I wonder, you know, you brought up, you know, Max and in, 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 um in Mexico, uh, Checo Perez fans. And in terms of booing, do you think there should maybe be some booing for the for some of Helmut Marcos sayings and some of the way that the FA has run around that? Because you know, he said some hot things about Checo Perez being from South America, which is also technically incorrect because I don't think Mexico is South America. I think it's Central America. Same. You I know? think it is Central yeah, America. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit of both. And actually I think it's part of technically now also part of North America. Yeah. So it's even even more so. Like, is it fair to boo that like when there's been kind of an injustice done on, on you, <laughs> like as a people and on your the driver that represents you? Um I also saw one time in, in like my the in some this group chat that I am for races, some guy was kinda of saying like, oh, I wish there wasn't so many Checo fans at the podium. He isn't on the podium. And it's kind of like well, Texas has a lot of Mexican history yes. tied with it, and Austin yeah. especially is right by that mm-hmm. how How do you not want Checo fans there? It's kind of like saying, like, hey, in Silverstone, there shouldn't be any Lewis fans like you that know, would be offensive yeah, <laughs> like I don't know uh, offenses in this in this sport seem very <laughs> like wishy washy sometimes, yeah, yeah. Gary wouldn't like even if you're not. Let's say that, if, even if you're not on the podium, wouldn't you love to hear your name called by your like home countrymen and home country people?
2: Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah.
1: I, I, I would. I, I
2: I don't know where Helmut Marco's comment came from and and, and why he would say things like that. But historically, when we you know when COVID first started, he said uh, he should suggested the drivers to go get COVID first. Before the the season starts, before so they don't affect the race results. I, I mean, very obviously, uh, you know. Doctor Marco has um, some very unique.
0: Perspective. <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> I'm looking this up because I forgot that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, at the same time, he, he also had some uh, very good eyes too to pick out his talents. So. Yeah, yeah, nobody's perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh god! Here it is, right off the bat. I wanted. wanted Want of rebel drivers to get covid nineteen so that way they're used to the symptoms. and um yeah, what a <laughs> <laughs> what a what a quote what a what a dive. Uh, anyways, I, I I have one thing I wanted to ask specifically about the race again. Um, and it's something that I feel like isn't talked a lot about because, you know obviously the disqualifications the bigger story in that. But specifically around the comments, the the idea of backmarkers. And people getting lapped in F1 because I'm going to say my going to put my tinfoil tinfoil hat on here and I just want to believe, not maybe want to believe, but I just I believe that you know especially around Red Bull and AlphaTauri how those two teams work together. There is no doubt in my mind that Daniel Ricciardo was pitted at the end of the race to get onto soft tires to steal the one the the lap, but also to give. Um, Max Verstappen, DRS to get out of that and to win it, and I personally just I kind of wish that backmarkers you don't get DRS on backmarkers. I feel like that's kind I of I agree. I like, agree. Yeah, makes no sense. I think that makes no sense. Team strategies like that for double team strategies, I think that is an unfair advantage onto Red Bull. Um, like obviously, I'm going to be more critical on Red Bull, but I also think it'd be an unfair advantage if like McLaren and Mercedes did that, where they yeah. just said, hey. Yeah he's losing the race pit him. So that way I get DRS. And I think like inter, like that should be, I wonder if there is, I haven't found, I was trying to peruse things before my class on what the sporting regulations are for that. And about like team inter team communications and how that works, because this isn't the first time specifically this season, but this isn't the first time that antics between Red Bull and their sister teams have been, should be analyzed uh, in terms of what happens on, but Back markers especially, I think, really affected this race because not only if – even if Lewis, like, had the same pit stop strategy and he didn't get disqualified, I think that if Max didn't have the back marker, he probably would have been within DRS on him still. And it was because of the back marker DRS is that Max got a lot of boosts. Did Lewis get it too? Yes. But also, Lewis was trying to get DRS on someone who had fresh, soft tires and doing paces. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I
2: think back markers should not offer any advantages or disadvantages to the race leaders or cars that are running on the, the lead lab.
1: Yeah. How could they run the dis uh, like when you say is, they shouldn't offer advantages but disadvantages, do you mean like they shouldn't be allowed to defend um against that and, 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 and the and the leaders? I mean
2: back markers, you know, they, they receive the the three blue flags before they get penalized. And yeah. that is a fair uh, for the for the the race leaders or or, or cars on the lead laps um, to not get so affected by uh, having to go through backmarkers. markers, but I think at the same time they should uh, disable the uh, DRS when you're lapping a um, a lap car. That, there's no need for that. I mean, if if a race leader cannot have the pace to overtake
1: a lap car, then he shouldn't be the race leader. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's a harsh way to say but totally i mean i gotta see that
3: wouldn't wouldn't that technically be a form of cheating like getting like getting a getting like extra drs from back markers would would, wouldn't that be a form of cheating
1: well that's what i was trying to find in in the sporting regulations and i can't really find anything like that right now um who, who knows when, uh, cause I literally had them up up here. They have a really long, I will say this. They have a long, long description, like session on the parade and national Anthem before the, before the race procedures. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Um, but in terms of back markers getting, getting that, uh, I, I don't really see anything that directly says no, like yes or no to, to this.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, should there be though? Yeah.
1: I I think so, Gary. I I think. Sorry, what was the question again? Can you repeat?
3: Um, I think the question. My question is like: Should there be like penalties to, uh, uh you know, teams that use backmarker cars as a as a DRS advantage?
2: I don't think there would be. Um, there should be a penalty because it's That's the interpretation sense. of the rules that led to this. If they fix the rules,
1: then this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it. I guess it depends on how they adjust rules for it. So how yeah. how
3: should they fix? How should they fix the rules so that that oh, doesn't in, happen?
1: Simply by uh, not not permitting DRS uh, when
2: You're a back. lead car on the, the car the lead lap is, is, is lapping a uh, a backmarker a lapped car.
3: Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Just
2: and, and and teams have all these information on their computer, on their screen, and they would be able to uh, to to let the drivers know that the car in front of you is not a um, a car on the same lap, so there's no DRS.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's an, it's interesting. I'm I'm. It's going to be interesting to see if they like keep DRS going, because I think I think they will. Yeah. But like. It seems to be very there's, there's, Yeah, there's especially I don't know. It'd be hard, It's kind of like hard to get rid of it at this at this point. I think unless you radically rechange the car structure. But I mean, I don't think
2: the OTRS thing was just um, an invention to make the race slightly more interesting for for the fans, but it's very unfair for the for the drivers.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to defend against. It's hard to to really like account for like i don't know it's it's uh yeah interesting yeah i just i just i wanted to talk about back markers because i think that like that that's a very unspoken reason i think all like especially if if mercedes had gotten their strategy right and given hamilton the best shot he could and didn't get disqualified on all those considering i think the back markers would have paid a really big would, would have paid a lot Oh yeah, coming um, coming to question a lot about what who's going to win that. Mm-hmm. So I think Max is yeah. right when he said that I mean, Mercedes had pace to win today. They probably could have won if they had done if they had hadn't done the first pit stop problem uh, question. But I think also Daniel Ricciardo getting um put, getting pitted for soft tires, knowing that he has no points and get he is, he wasn't getting any points to get fat and to steal a point of fastest lap and mm-hmm. and all that. So there's that that, uh, that
2: impression from Verstappen uh, yesterday. You know, keep being very grumpy and and, and not happy about the whole thing. Gives me a feeling that uh, I can relate back to. uh, I think it was 2012. when Vettel won his fourth championship with Red Bull. On the on the last race, he mentioned that well, days like this uh, don't stay forever. We have to, uh, you know, treasure it and uh, keep fighting. Right. I I I have a feeling that they know something that they must have been analyzing the pace from the other teams and stuff and they know that the other teams are coming in strong so mm-hmm. that's why his drive is so strong for mm-hmm. um, you know demanding everything he wants to to stay in front yeah yeah that's that's telling be something definitely
3: yeah. yeah um gary i, I my question is what what are your highlights and lowlights from the season so far
2: well my highlight is that finally we got a, a third team coming up to challenge for the wins, uh McLaren. I, I think that really made my day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In low lights so far? Probably team radio. Low
2: light, uh the uh, uh it's 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 just sad to see that the Martin's walking backwards when we were all hoping that Alonso oh, may win the race this year. You oh, know, yeah. he, he he was on podium. Three, four times already in the beginning five races and and now all of a sudden they uh, they're walking backwards that's just a low light of it i was i was cheering for alonso being a driver in the 40s i sure hope to see another driver in the 40s winning races up there in yeah. formula one as
1: well yeah yeah i mean like yeah. i'm I'm, hope- I'm hoping i'm i'm wondering though if uh they're, if, if there if a second seat opens up for aston martin you gary you are in charge of picking the driver, who are you going to put in there to go with Alonzo?
2: Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a good question. Honestly, at this point, can we bring back Beno?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think if you offered him this, I don't know if he'll go back to Aston Martin, but like, it would be, it'd be absolutely wild if he does. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he goes to Audi. When, he, when, when Audi comes in, I would love to see him go to Audi. You think he would
3: um, he would come back?
1: I don't. I mean, I would love it. I I'm saying yes because I want it to happen, and I'm all about manifesting my dreams mm-hmm. the next uh, this this next uh, the next couple of years here. So
2: I don't think uh, it will happen unless the rule changes so it uh, it is geared more towards the environmental friendly
1: route. Yes,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if there's Indeed. less battery power,
1: yeah. if there's less battery power and more sustainable fuel power, I think he'll he'd be back right away.
3: Well, isn't isn't the new car, like, supposed to, like, change all that? Or? No, the,
1: the new car is just basically the, the combustion engine. Oh, okay. What it is is it is a big, fancy, overpriced battery recharger. Oh, okay. All the attacking power in the 2026 car that's proposed, as of yet, the main attacking power is going to be through the battery. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting rid of the mGUH, which is a huge recovery tool that Mercedes got a lot out of. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that there's gonna be a lot of power in the battery, but no, but it'll it'll act really fast, kick in really fast, and recharge really fast so you can have so you won't have you know how some laps they'll do two or three laps of just straight attacking, yeah, and then they'll have five laps of recovery mm-hmm. and the the race goes slow for a minute yeah,' it's to try and get rid of that. But I think that you know, Gary and I have con- had conversations, and Marion, and that, and, and Vettel especially is very openly critical of that, of just saying like, well, that doesn't really environmentally help us, and also doesn't really help the racing. Yeah. And I think, and Red Bull earlier this season when they were testing the new package out, said that they had problems with it. They were having major turbo lag. They were having right. to coast off the the throttle to recharge on straights and to maintain top speed. And that the combustion engine, there's more technology not being looked at the combustion engine that could be looked at. Yeah. I, I don't want to agree with Christian Horner ever. And I, and (laughs) I I purposely tried not to, but I actually 100% agree with what he's saying there in that that article. It's a very interesting article to talk about the technology behind the 2026 car, but I always talk about that and I always feel bad because I'll dominate the conversation about that. Um, (laughs) So I will try not to there. Um, What do I want to say? Uh, Coming up though, Gary, do you got do you got time to give me a quick rundown on uh on Mexico? The, the upcoming race this week- this coming weekend cuz we're in a well, I, back, I to just, back to back to back weekend.
2: I hope that uh, Checo will get his better luck in his home country.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope so too. Uh yeah, do you I I feel that when I talk to to racing fans, the Mexico circuit often gets kind of overlooked uh as a as a circuit. what did that like as a you know you've watched it since the 90s what do you like the Mexico City tr- track
2: uh, it's a low grip circuit so anything could happen there
1: yeah <laughs> where where do you watch out for where where do you think the most action's probably going to go uh, i think it's
2: going to be uh, right around the uh, uh the last two corners uh, just before the start finish line
1: okay just like nice and tight section like that that sector yeah, 3 section yeah nice
2: section where dive bombing is possible, anything, <laughs> yeah. anything
1: can happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. Yeah. Any Any other thoughts on the on the last few, few races here, or or are we just gonna keep uh, hearing uh, Max Verstappen win? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I th- I still think he's gonna win. I think he's. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that he's somehow gonna win it again. But I I really. I don't know i'm looking i'm looking at the track layout here what? What?
3: I think Perez will have a good showing at <sighs> at his home track i I believe so too and i'm hoping so i'm hope- i don't know i think i think I could see him if not winning the race he he'll definitely finish like podium like maybe second or third
1: well, if he if he wins, about time. yeah, if he wins the race, it'll be nuts because it's it'll be the first time a Mexican driver actually won the Mexican Grand Prix. Really, a Mexican
3: yeah. driver has never won it, his home country's race. No,
1: I don't think so. I think technically, Perez has the best result ever of what P three last year. Yeah, I think he that's, was on podium for sure. Yeah, I think that's the best result hmm. a Mexican driver has had on the Mexican City Circuit. It yeah. could. Don't quote me though; I yeah. could be incorrect on that. But I know one—none of, of them have won it yet.
3: Do we know if Perez is going to be back with Red Bull in 24?
1: Oh, your Cam he well, has a contract. He hasn't so
2: talked about it at the contract the other day. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I'm but not. there
2: are also hidden costs.
1: Yeah, I think that the ruling so far is that he will have it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's certain clauses, and that you know, Red Bull is saying right now, "Oh no, we're not going to exercise those clauses," but. Anything could change. If if Paris DNFs the next three races... Then that could change. Then that could change, right? But some of the clauses are he has to, I think, finish P2 in the Constructors' Championship or or not finish 150 points behind Max. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure if it's P2 and that or if it's don't finish this, Mm -hmm. like this margin. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, all I can say is, is that technically, if the, the clauses I just said are correct, um, and those are the real clauses, he is definitely in that margin to not have that. Yeah, with Max Verstappen with four hundred and sixty, C- Four hundred and sixty-six drivers points. Yeah, and Sergio Perez next with two forty. Yeah. Um.
3: So that's well over one hundred and fifty points.
1: Just, just a little, right? Um. I've also heard one twenty-five, but I think that's specifically Charles Leclerc. So it could be wrong. So it's really who knows. And Red Bull, Gary, you can correct me if I am wrong. Red Bull can just say, "Yep," and then after the after the season, just say, "You know what? No, we'll pay him out." And yeah, yeah. So who knows? And, so
3: if he ends up getting paid out, who do you think takes? his seat that this is a question for both of you
1: unfortunately um gary do you want to take this one for me well i you know at
3: first uh, before Ford
2: step in to become the engine supplier for red bull i would have thought that you know honda would obviously want a japanese driver and the team um uh, to at least uh drive for red bull for 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 a few seasons but now you know that's coming to the end of the life cycle i don't think yuki would get the chance uh Ricardo has driven for the team, mm-hmm. but his uh, late performance hasn't been the greatest. Uh, I don't think they'll put Liam Lawson straight in there. I don't know.
1: No, I don't know.
2: If, if my best bet would be Liam Lawson, but then uh, who knows? Maybe because they they like to put the young talents in and give it a try. Maybe Liam will beat Verstappen, uh, and then and then that's. Uh, a story repeating itself, like how they put for uh, stepping in with uh, Vettel, and then uh, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, was it Vettel? Was I think he? I think was yeah, it? I think Vettel was still with Red Bull when when Max came came into Red Bull. Pretty sure oh, he no, was. Oh no,
2: sorry, it was it was uh, a Ricardo, Ricardo. It was Ricardo, Ricardo. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricardo Cause... in, yeah, yeah, with yeah, uh, Ricor- uh, with, uh, with Vettel, and then uh, uh, got beat by a Ricardo, and then Vettel left for Ferrari, and. Mm-hmm. And so on. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a it's a repeating, repeat, uh, it's a pattern repeating itself.
1: Could you imagine if Max leaves and goes to Ferrari and then wins the world championship in Ferrari? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like Ferrari can't get it done. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what? I I,
3: I, I don't think I I see that happening. Uh, I think I think I think uh, Max is gonna stay with Red Bull until he retires.
1: Probably, yeah. yeah. I think he might honestly, if he if he continues to win everything, I could see him just staying until 2028, then retiring. Yeah, and then be like yeah.
2: I done. think that's very likely.
1: Yeah, I think he wants to move on to the other things. I think and move it. And I'm not just saying this as a hope, but I'm just saying this as like I think realistically, I I would love to see. I will say this: if there's ever a driver that could win the triple crown again, it would be Max Verstappen. Do like, you
3: see him winning seven championships though? Like
1: he needs to be win eight, um, to be to, to break the record.
3: Yeah. Um, but to tie the record with with Lewis and Michael,
1: I can see him do it. Yeah, I think I think anything I think everything proves that he can do it.
3: Gary, what do you All what dependent. do you think?
2: All dependent.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. Yeah, true. Fair enough. All depends, depending on what what which team he's on and how that how it works. But I think like talent wise yeah. and 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 ability wise, one hundred percent, he's able he's able to. Yeah. Um, do
2: you think the Red Bulls will be dominant for another four or five seasons still?
1: No, I don't think so.
3: Yeah. um i think maybe like maybe two or three more seasons
1: yes yeah i think like to, until 26 red bull still going to be the main kind of like the the main one to watch um yeah i but i agree with you that I, I i i subscribe to what you're saying gary i think that we're going to start to see more race winners so th- i don't think we'll have another 2023 season of dominance like, just utter dominance. Yeah,
3: I, I think I think I would agree with that. And, you know, I think the fans would kind of want more different winners next season than we've had this season.
1: Yeah. Anyways, but who knows? Who knows?
2: Oh, by the way, guys, I will have to get going fairly soon just because uh, uh, myself and a few of my teammates are having uh, an endurance race at Area uh, 27 in Oliver this weekend. So we got to... Uh, go prep our car and get it all ready, and hopefully, I can uh, bring back some race wins.
1: There we yes. go. Okay. Like, what What car are you dri- Are you driving that new AMG that you showed me? The GTR?
2: Uh, no, this this race we are entering with the um, uh, 2019 Master MX5, uh, okay. and uh, there will be uh, about 25 cars entered to this race it's a two-hour endurance race so uh, <laughs> there must be at least two drivers and there will be two to three pit stops being made for uh, fueling tire changes and and driver changes so it's a team it's a team race
1: oh that's nice. gonna be exciting it's gonna say you uh, you're, yeah, you're
2: looking forward to it
1: yeah and you're driving
2: i'm driving oh yes, which
1: st- what stint are you driving
2: uh, probably I'm, I'm doing the qualifying stint and also starting the race. So uh, I, I can't expose our uh, uh,
1: pit stop strategy. <laughs> I won't, again, I won't so say that at all. <laughs>
2: yeah. next, next show, I will let you know what happened. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to hold you to that. So you'll have to, you'll have to be back to give us the rundown of that race and everything. All right, then.
2: But Thank you very much for having me here today again.
1: Any time, Gary. On that note, Cam, we're going to take a short little message break again, mm-hmm. and then we'll be back for more talk. Ah, uh, what else have we not talked about today? Oh, well, you brought it up to me over the, the commercial break. Camp. Yes. What, what? What? What am I? What? Am, what's the big news I'm missing?
3: Well, uh, so Lo- Logan Sargent he originally finished twelfth in the USGP race, but because of the two disqualifications from Lewis and Char- Charles, he was moved up to tenth, and he earned his first, uh, point. Of, uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, his, uh, of, of his career. Yep. yep. Yeah.
1: First F1 points of his career. Somewhere out there, my boy, the celebrity of F1, the F1 guru of the Fraser Valley, Walter Foreman is out there happy that William got double points, a double point finish for the first time this season. I'm not sure if he would really, I- I'll speak for him. I'd, I'm not sure if he'd love the style of how it happened.
3: But no, but I'm, I'm sure, sure that he'll. He's I'm sure he'll take it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about how even Vettel's first season, he wasn't winning everything. No. actually for other he sh- than he other struggled
3: than in his what first like Two, two, seasons?
1: two seasons. Yeah, I and mean, really honestly, other than Lewis and Max, and it, like Schumacher to a point, but yeah. honestly, other than Lewis and Max, and maybe Fernando, mm-hmm. there hasn't really been a driver that just came in and automatically scored points and everything. And I think that's where Lewis, so specifically Max's influence has really changed a lot of how we view drivers yeah. um, and Lewis did the same thing. It's, it's tough. It's a tough road. You're in, you're in a developing team, but mm-hmm. who's to say maybe next season with all the stuff that people have learned and, Mer- and Williams fixing their wind tunnel and putting so much more money into their, into, their, into the, into the team overall, right. Where, mm-hmm. the, where that money needs to go. Yeah. Maybe Sargent and Alpen have a fantastic season and they, and Williams goes from being, one like near last in the constructors championship. So they're they are seventh out of tenth to four to six or si se- Maybe they go to fifth, yeah, or or, or six. Uh, fifth is a high number, but like because I remember
3: at one point like Williams was was a good, was a good team at one point.
1: Williams was the team
3: to like in the it. early two thousands.
1: Yeah, um. um,
3: but yeah, I mean, I I honestly I I could see Logan like being back with with that with the team like. I mean, you. I. I don't think you want to let a young driver like that go, because he could flourish somewhere else. I mean, like, I. I would. I would keep him. Like, let him develop, because, like, you know, a top ten is great. Like, you. You. You got your first point, and like, I would continue to build off of that with him.
1: I think you give him until the summer break at least. Yeah, if you're going to, st- if you're going to stay with him, because like, I. I think that's where. I think in most sports, what you just said about could let the young guy develop is correct. Mm-hmm. I think in most sports, you do that. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily work in motorsports because mm-hmm. everything, pun intendedly, is so fast. It's so fast, yeah. And, and you really need to get it. And this is an extreme sport. I think something happened early in the season that shook him a lot mm-hmm. and hasn't been able to bounce back from that but confidence issues yeah and I think that like maybe if he stays you got to work with him over the offseason to get to build that back up so yeah. to let him come in full full bald eagle blazing you yeah. know and and go ahead but I don't know it's interesting but Logan Sargent uh you know scores his first points like as you said Cam thank you for telling me that yeah it is America's the end has long, the long thirty-year wait for an American driver to score points in Formula One is now over. Yes, he finally when, got.
3: When Scott Speed was in Formula One, he was not very good.
1: Who? No, no, no. Yeah, he I got mean, Loogie Bear. So. I
3: I think you know, as you were saying, like I think a little bit of confidence, like going into next season, will definitely help him. Like, if I think if the team can help him, like, like build more confidence in logan i i think we'll see a different logan sergeant in 2024
1: i would yeah it would be cool to see um obviously it would kind of it's one of those like we would love to see more people being good so that there's potentially more race winners and anything can happen mm-hmm. um who knows
3: you maybe can dnf he could, Maybe he could, change the
1: race you know
3: maybe he could earn a podium Ooh, next season
1: i don't know i think i think like I think Williams is still so far off yeah. from being able to really do that without some crazy luck mm-hmm. and five people DNFing. Yeah, um, I think that if there's a driver from Williams to win a podium, it's going to be Alex Albin. Yeah, Albin, like on, un- I think it should. No one, I, I, don't, I don't say no one because everyone talks a lot, but Al- Albin really has done great this season mm-hmm. for where for what team he is and where he's at and what he's doing put in, put in with that car. You know, there's a, we have a famous kind of phrase here on, uh, or infamous phrase on, on uh, the F world here, which is, you're pulling an Alonzo. He's alonzo in that car. <laughs> As in, you're putting the car through a place, that phrase. you are putting the car in a place where it should not, it has no right to be yet. Yeah. And I think Albin's very much doing that. The Great Wall of Albin's a real thing. You, when he defends, you know, I think that, so I think that Albin's going to get a podium, hopefully soon. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, it'd be nice to see him get it next next season. mm mm-hmm. I, do you know how wild it would be if he gets it in Vegas? That would be Cause wild. Because that's really the next track that um, Williams has a chance, mm-hmm. a really fighting chance because of all the straights mm-hmm. and, and that.
3: Which we've we've talked about Vegas too, and uh, absolutely you're, you're, not, you're not a big fan no, of I absolutely of
1: it. hate that track. That track is like, like – that, that's the worst F1 track I've ever seen. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's a NASCAR track. You mm-hmm. would love it as a NASCAR track yeah. and in an IndyCar track, but that's the problem. Yeah. Um, too much straightaway straights. At the same time, though, if Alex Alvin gets a if Alex Albon gets a podium on Ve- in Vegas, I'll like that track a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there we go. I'm excited for Brazil. I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping. I'm hoping Lewis wins Brazil. That's my god. Yeah, I
3: mean he's he's got a long winless drought. He hasn't won since December 2021. Yeah, that's yeah. going on two years. Yeah.
1: Cam, as you know, you asked Gary and I our thoughts of this season Mm -hmm. um, in general. As someone who doesn't necessarily who follows a lot of NASCAR and IndyCar more, yeah. And when you and I have talked about F one, what are your thoughts of this season? And not just Max Verstappen's dominance, but just what you're seeing overall and what you're hearing talk about. Like, what what are your thoughts of this one?
3: Well, I mean, I I loved you know the Alonso story. Like he was running well, like in the first part of the season, like he was having podium finishes and. Uh, you know, and Lance was was running pretty strong too, um, mm. but you know, you know, Lance had a good run uh, at U- and at the, in the GP um, yesterday. So I mean, he was he finished ninth, but he was bumped up to seventh um, mm. in the race. But I, you know, I would, I, I, you know, it's hard, it's hard not to talk about the dominance of Max and Red Bull because. Yeah. W- what they're doing is historical, and I don't think it could be done again. What they're doing,
1: no, I, I, I really don't know. I, I don't think so either. Um, that's uh, I mean, because I think it's because it couldn't happen because it would be so tough for it to really happen. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I really, I really have felt, you know, Charles Leclerc, Leclerc like cuz I'm used to seeing him running like for podiums. Yeah. And you know, he hasn't really done that this year. He's he's had a lot of like issues with the cars. He's crashed, he's you know, he's had mechanical issues uh and that's not usually the the type of you know driver that um Leclerc Leclerc is. He's usually running with Max for podiums. I've also I've enjoyed seeing the the kind of resurgence of Lewis this season. I mean, he he kind of took a step back last season. Um, you know he's he's had some podium finishes this season. Would have had another one yesterday if it wasn't for the for the disqualification. Um, hurts my soul every time. But you know, I think I would love to see Lewis win a race before the season's over. Yeah. I, I think mean, that would be great.
1: Yeah, it would be it would be really sick. Um I
3: think in my mind he he should have won the championship in 21. In yeah. my mind?
1: Yeah. That's a oh. <laughs> I time I hear, every time I hear about it, it's twenty twenty one. But you know what, Cam? I was actually trying to wait for this video to be uploaded. Mm-hmm. He got it. But I thought I thought here we would leave off with uh, some some fun some fun little some fun little uh, driver radio. Yeah. So let's see here. This is Q one. Uh, it is P six. Let
3: us so see. Lap time deleted for first happen.
2: Tell me, tell me the name before oh my First God. in
3: lap time deleted Yeah, well I had a heart attack at the time. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there we go That's
1: the radio message I was waiting for
3: <laughs> Let's go
1: That's in the P1 That
3: was a good lap Yeah That was really good
1: lap Yeah, that's some fun Precision. So good track position You hear me? So this is good track position. clerk like five behind. So to the, where we this are. This is the sprint two? <laughs>
0: good to go. Oh, SQ1. Uh, what's a little bit distracting?
1: Yeah, <laughs> so all the all the driver all the driver. I don't know what it was looking at the driver radio these these days. Um specifically in the shootout and the sprint shootout and the sprint format. They they no one everyone's radios weren't working very yeah. well.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, gonna, it could could be like a technical technical issue or, you know, some something like that. Yeah. With uh, hopefully they get that straightened straightened out for, the next one.
1: Yeah, which be is
3: Mex- Mexico.
1: Mexico, yeah, Mexico coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. So this is a nuts nice time because we're gonna have back to back to back weekends. Yeah. So we got Me- U.S., Mexico, and then we got Brazil. Mm-hmm. My like my favorite. One. I can't talk enough about how much I love Brazil. I love the Brazil, Brazil track. It's counterclockwise. It's an interesting one. But uh, here, last one. Radio. We got some. Uh, some the end of end of race radio from Verstappen and that. So. well done. Enjoy the celebrations. I'll see you Friday.
2: well, mate. well done. Well done. Tough race, but uh, still won. So that's
0: good
1: definitely a lot tougher. Yeah, well yeah. No, mate. That's definitely uh, a lot tougher this last race. 50 for you,
2: and uh, quite a few in a row in the US now. So uh, yeah, we're very well managed with the issues you had. Well done.
0: When yeah, number exactly 50 for good, uh, good win still. Special club. Great job.
2: Nice work, lewis so That P2, mate. That was an amazing drive. We just needed a couple more <laughs> laps. Fantastic weekend, guys. Really well done. We've got work to do in lots of different areas, but let's keep pushing. Thank you to everyone back to the factory for the upgrade. Let's keep pushing, we're getting closer. Next time. I really appreciate you not giving up on us.
0: No, never <laughs> give up, mate. Never give
3: up. <laughs> that's a solid drive. Louis, really well really done. Uh, we could have done a few things better, but your driving was was great and nice to see that we are that we, are, that we are fast and the pace of the car was there. Uh, to win it, your driving was amazing. Congratulations.
0: Aye,
1: aye. That was
3: a tough one. The But another podium.
1: What on boys and girls. Well done. Good load of points. Thank you very much. Good weekend. Yep. Good effort, mate. Yeah, like, it's... And Lando, it's... Uh, driver of the day as well. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, fans.
0: Uh, yeah, basically a win then, really. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> so facetious, Lando. Oh, you, you boy, you dog, you.
1: Yeah, it must be tough to be that close to winning your first race after your hundredth race. You know, mm-hmm. you're really like pushing that. Like, it must be tough to to do that. Uh, it was also uh, George Russell's for uh hundredth race too. Mm-hmm. So I can just imagine. I feel bad, but he he really had every chance to do it. I think that McLaren could have won it as well. I think mm-hmm. Mercedes had a better chance, but McLaren like he the, their undercut didn't work and I'm I'm curious we didn't talk about it but I'm curious to know if they had uh, a med- a set of mediums to use yeah um but I actually agree with what what Gary said which is put him, at least put them on used to give them yeah. a chance and if the tires fail the tires fail but you've given them the better strategy for it so mm-hmm. yeah
3: i mean but like to max have 50 wins at his age crazy that's unbelievable crazy
1: it's super good yeah, um, it's, it's 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 a it's a, it's a very niche and an elitist an elite club to be a part of. Yeah,
3: uh, only only way. a few drivers are a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lewis being one of them. Uh, yeah, and I think Michael.
1: Michael, I'm, I'm I don't know if Fernando's even a part of it.
3: I think I think he is. I think he I is. I think he is. He must.
1: Let's double check. I'm, I'm gonna let's see. Uh,
3: I think that Vettel maybe too.
1: Vettel does. i will be surprised. Let's uh, oh, hear F1 drivers with fifty wins. Uh, oh no, Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher, Sebastian Vettel, and Elaine Prost.
3: Oh wow, the, ones, the only ones. Okay, yeah. so Alonso's not doesn't have it. How many Crazy. does Alonso have? Oh, um. Let's see. He's, He's gotta got to have like at least 40. 32. Oh, wow. Yeah. Senna had 42, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah 42 then he passed away. Then so he, I he was he, killed,
3: he was killed tragically at in 94. I I remember that that crash. Mm-hmm. I was only I was only like 6, but I do uh-huh. remember it.
1: Yeah. I was 1. Oh. <laughs> I was I was 1, I think. <laughs> I don't think I was even 1. I'll an Imola 94. It yeah. been May '94. No, I, I would have only been. I would have only been like six, somewhat months old. Yeah. Um, what a time!
3: What a time! Yeah, and then uh, Michael ended up winning the race. Yeah, that was his first race win. Yeah. He was fun. Yeah, and uh, he. And then all the drivers found out about Senna. I think after the race.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that is that is accurate too. Yeah. I think, I think maybe the last person figured it. No, I think I'm wrong. I, don't,
3: I think, I'll just say I'm
1: wrong on that one, but, yeah. Well, Cam, it is all the time we have. For the show here on C-I-B-L. Radio, stealing cams call out. <laughs> 101.7 one FM in Abbotsford, ninety two point three FM in Chilliwack, and around the Fraser Valley. C I V L dot C A, worldwide. Also spinatron dot com slash C I V L. I just gotta to say thank F-O. you
3: for having me on, Taryn. I I enjoyed coming on. Anytime. And uh, hopefully I can come back on again. Yeah.
1: You're gonna we're gonna we should have a big. I should have an F world family end of season pod episode where we all come in and, and talk about it after after abu dhabi have you have reese have walter have marion back mm-hmm. Have gary come and call in have a have a whole have a whole f all the guests show up have a big extravaganza yeah i'll make nachos but i can't eat them on air so i'll be really i'll be in pain <laughs> the entire time whereas well, you guys have to eat them so yeah <laughs> there we go <laughs> Anyway, sorry folks to end on kind of a down note about Santa's death but great ones to live forever yes
3: you know?